I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me author Brenda Felber, and she's here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Brenda, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? I'd love to, Leanna. Thank you for having me. This is fun to do the podcasts. I appreciate you doing them for us, <laughs> authors out here. Uh, I Right under Brenda Felber, I write a middle grade mystery series that is uh, like a cozy mystery, but each one is set in a different state. So it involves traveling around, not one location. But for the cozy mystery series for adults, I write under the pen name Suzanne Bolden. And I have a um, seven books, well, the seventh book will be published in two months under the Parker Photography Cozy Mystery Series. And up on my uh, writing board, I have um, a Katie Murphy cozy mystery series coming up. And um, I have covers already done for another series, but that's going to be a year or so away. Wow, you are a prolific author. Well, I've been doing it for a while. I only have been writing the cozies for... uh, about a, just over a year now, but the children's mystery series is 10 books in already. So it's great fun. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. So is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Actually, yes, a great deal of it is. <laughs> in the children's series, it's uh, sites I visited with my grandchildren or have traveled to, and I wanted to share with other young readers uh, because I think it's, uh, my grandchildren are grown and don't travel with me quite as much anymore. And that was one way to do that. And in my adult series, it definitely is. My first one is a woman my age in her mid sixties. And it's set in the state I live in, Wisconsin, in a, a beautiful region in our state, the Driftless region, which I enjoy going to. So that's part of it. And she's a photographer and that's something I really enjoy as well. So I definitely am inspired by my own life. That's great. And I find as a writer myself that I love putting a little bit of my own life into my characters' lives. Like with my main character, Sabia, I gave her my love of classic movies. So she can quote like old movies at the drop of a hat. (laughs) Oh, I wish I had the memory for that. <laughs> I, should give a, I should write a character with a, a photographic memory, maybe, instead of a photographer. I don't, that's a wonderful way to weave things through your stories. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. Like with um, my second book that I recently released, uh, Stock Show Stalker, uh, Sabia and her fiance are talking about, of course, her tendency to get involved in these murders. And she goes like, are you saying this is developing into a very bad habit? Which is quoting one of my favorite Halloween movies, Arsenic and Old Lace. Ah, <laughs> I, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have remembered that, but now I do. That's a great show. Yes, a great movie. So it's just fun that we as authors can put some of ourselves into our characters. Do you share that with your readers? Uh, 
that those little snippets are in there too? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's good. In fact, it makes for fun trivia when I do giveaways. Ooh, I like that. Yes. I'll say, uh, what, what movie is this line from? And usually it's the first one to guess right gets a signed copy of the book. Good idea. I, uh, in my last book in my series, I visit Taliesin down in Spring Green, the Frank Lloyd Wright home, and I used photographs of myself there as uh, prizes in, a, in an author takeover also. So it was, that's a similar kind of thing if they guessed where it was and things like that. So we think alike on that <laughs> manner, I guess. So do you have any advice for those who want to write or write mysteries specifically? I do because I, uh, I did a lot of reading on a series. Like I said, my children's books jump from setting to setting. Uh, so it's always, there's only three continuing characters throughout the books. But with the cozy mystery series being more traditionally set in one setting, I've had to make sure I kept that setting clear in my mind. So when an author is thinking of starting a cozy series, plan the big, uh, the series arc of your characters and maybe a romantic relationship or their relationship in the community. And uh, that was something I was so glad that other authors had told me before I started that because to continue a long series, you have to have uh, have a sense of where you're going, not, you know, not an outline on it, but what your, what your setting looks like and, and the continuing characters and do a story Bible too. So you remember all those names of that random little character out there. That would be my, uh, my suggestion for one starting out. Oh, that's some great advice because goodness knows that with my characters, I wish I had kind of put together a story Bible for them because there's more than I pictured there being. Isn't it amazing? I have an Excel spreadsheet on it and I, uh, one of my beta readers, I, I asked her to guess how many characters just in the first two or three books and it was amazing how many. <laughs> she had no idea. You know, you just mentioned the name once or twice maybe, but it may come back because it's a continuing series so it's uh good to do your keep up with those things yeah not to mention you also want kind of a guide to the history of your small town uh town founders things like that because who knows what little bit of information is going to come up oh absolutely yes so do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Uh, I'm, since I have this one series going, you know, I'm pretty deep into it, but I, I think my favorite character, there's a couple in there actually. I'm a very non-confrontational kind of person. I don't do well. <laughs> <laughs> challenging uh, uh, in situations, challenging other people. But I have uh, two, two characters who are um, in their 80s in the book. One is a woman and one is a man. And I let them go loose on <laughs> the other characters. And, 
it's sort of liberating and invigorating. And, you know, I couldn't probably do it in real life like that, but there's times I wish I could come up with the one-liners that they toss out. So I think those would have to be my favorite characters. And I'm, I'm just not mentioning to the others. So don't <laughs> worry about them being upset with me. <laughs> oh, that's great. I find that with a lot of my authors that I've interviewed that those that are like the opposite of their personalities tend to be their favorites. Oh, so yes, <laughs> I fall into that. What about <laughs> yourself? Oh, that is so hard because I, I love all the characters that I've created for the Mystic Ranch. Um, I actually think my favorite character is Sabia's best friend, who's a centaur who runs the local coffee shop. The world of Wasola is inhabited by mythological char characters. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> and, and she's just this creative, um, picture a centaur with lime green hair, gauged earrings. <laughs> So she can be exotic as far as you want to go. Huh? Yeah. I have paranormal in my children's. And when you mention that, it's it's not, it's a different, it's historical figures go back. But that is fun because it's just thinking of the possibles out there and writing about them can be great fun. Yeah. For me, I'm kind of a mythology nerd. So oh. this was a lot of fun to research, including creating the character Sabia. That gave me a chance to look at my own Native American heritage for their folklore and see if they had like a type of elf in it, which uh -huh. it turns out two, at least two tribes that I looked at do have a form of elf in their folklore. Oh. Only they call them forest dwellers. I did, uh, I have several books on, uh, because I wrote, one of my first books was set in the Haunted Hills and there's so much, Haunted Hills is the book, it's set in the Black Hills and uh, the history of the Native Americans there is a very uh, sacred land to them. So I'll have to go back and check in some of those books and find the forest dwellers, you call them? Yeah. Okay. Um, like in, from one half of Sabia comes from the uh, Choctaw folklore, which, I happen to be part of that tribe and they call them the Kawi Anukasha, are their forest dwellers. And the other half of her family are the Sioux and um, they have one called the, oh, I can't remember it off the top of my head, the Kenoti or Kenotila, I think is what it is. But like I said, I, it's not off the top of my head right now. <laughs> Oh, I, I, it's so cool how those words roll off your tongue. That's so, uh, pronunciation was so beautiful. <laughs> I'm like not even I'm like, sure if I'm 100% saying it right. with me. I don't know the difference. So it yeah. sounds very pretty. But I'm sure that in the, some of the other uh, tribes probably do have their own version of the forest dweller or whatever they choose yeah, to call it. Now the, the Black Hills was mainly 
or my focus was the Lakota Indians through there. And then I've done the um, uh, Arizona book had some reference uh, was through the superstition mountains there. There was some uh, reference to the Native Americans that had lived there. They were mainly the um, Apache, you know, much more yeah. oh, totally different type of tribe, but um, I'll keep my eyes open because a lot of the books have history in them. So that always goes back to the Native, or invariably many of them go back through the Native Americans that lived there. So uh, I will definitely watch for that. So do you have any authors that have most influenced your writing? You know, I, I was thinking about that question and I, I had, I've listened to your podcasts with other authors and I actually have to say, not that influenced my writing particularly, I have a broad spectrum of what I like to read, but one of the things that really started me is well she's a fictional author Jessica Fletcher <laughs> uh, it, you know it, it I just that series my children were young when that series was going on in the 80s and I just thought what a life she had writing these novels and so it, I guess I can counter now I know that her books I've subsequently read some of the um Donald Bain's books and I think John Land is writing them now and uh but I guess she's not a real author, but she inspired me. Believe it or not, influenced me. You know, I kind of, I I agree with you on that one because I think when I was watching Murder She Wrote as a kid, that is part of one of the things that it's like, oh, I kind of want her life. I kind of want to be a writer. <laughs> yeah, and it, it she's more. Like my character, she's not the flamboyant one who can tell people off like my two older characters can. <laughs> and, you know, she's very uh, just a calming presence, but curious. And, and so, uh, and yes, that seemed like a nice life in a little town on the coast. And, but I agree with you on that. It wasn't, uh, I mean, I know the great uh, English murder mystery story series and the different things like that, but I think... Um, that's what really interested me in looking into the cozy writing because I like those types of contained stories. And hers was contained in a half hour segment or whatever the shows <laughs> were. But. Yeah. So there's always one thing I've wondered with the Murder She Wrote series: How can the town of Cabot Cove keep up with its murder rate? She did go to New York eventually, and she often True. traveled out of Cabot Cove, but the series took her to New York. Yeah, I, uh, I visited that town. It's on the California coast, and it, it, it was so neat when the series stayed there in Cabot Cove. It's a beautiful, you know, geographically just a beautiful setting, but, but I imagine they, the uh, writers of the show had to finally move out because the town could bear no more deaths <laughs> no more murders for jessica to solve so yeah i could almost picture the town having a little party when she moved out of town <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so outside of writing what other hobbies or activities do you like to do i um this is, I'm retired and, and I love having the writing to do. I, I love traveling. That was kind of stymied in the past years. 
couple of well, 18 months or whatever this has been. So, um, you know, traveling the national parks and things broadly across America and, and out, out of the country too. But um, I, a favorite pastime of mine used to be sewing. And one of the new series I have covers set up for already is the So So Murder Mysteries, or I think that's the name of it, So S-E-W. <laughs> Because I, I, in writing the books, I'd like to have something that I'm familiar with, with the Parker photography, it's the photography element of it. And with this other one, it'll be um, the sewing component. I'm uh, plotting out some of the series now. And then the, the Katie Murphy one is an Irish pub setting, which I know it doesn't count as a hobby, but I love a good Irish beer, or good Irish whiskey too. So. <laughs> I figure I know a little bit about that so I can write about it. But uh, yeah, as far as um, hobbies, uh, keeping active, walking, biking, kayaking, I guess that might count as something. But um, I think those are the only things that come to mind as things that I use to occupy my time. Oh, those sound great. And the new series sounds so much fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, um, it'll be so different. She'll be a much younger protagonist. And, uh, it'll be a little challenging, but that's what makes it fun. <laughs> yeah. We like to try and challenge ourselves, do don't you we? Have, <laughs> you have uh, other ones on the drawing board? Are you going to write more children's books? Oh, I, I don't think I will, because the trying to fit a whole story in a thousand plus words was kind of almost too much of a challenge for me. I like where I can stretch out the whole story and, oh. you know, go deep into the details and everything. While with a lot of the children's books, or at least the ones I've written, where it's for the, you know, just starting to learn to read. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's just kind of like, eh. Well, I can't some even of those use are heavy, heavier on illustration too, or is it the my my mine are about thirty thousand words. They're, they're middle grade, you know, nine nine to twelve year olds. But if the ones you were writing were the first chapter books, when you say under a thousand words, uh, mine weren't even chapter books. These were very heavy on illustrations. Oh, okay. um, one was called Curly and Pugsley's Christmas Adventure. <laughs> And it features a little teddy bear named Curly and a little pug named, named Pugsley who have to help a snowman find his missing nose. Oh, <laughs> oh, I could see where you, yeah. It, it, the whole illustration adds another complexity to it. And, uh, but that sounds like such a cute idea for a story. <laughs> that out. The, but I do have a couple other stories on the table that I wanna get edited and out there. One is called Dragon Roast in Danger. The main character is a African-American man who runs a coffee shop and he finds out that dragons are living in his coffee shop when he discovers a dragon sleeping in his coffee mug. <laughs> now, what, what audience? This is adult audience or children's children? I'm planning right? this to be adult. It's a Oh, okay. Cozy mystery. Um, 
oh. they live in a small town and the main character is a single father his daughter's 16 it's kind of a I don't know if you're familiar with this show it's almost a Gilmore Girls ish only you know instead of a mother daughter it's a single father and his daughter and but it's still kind of that small town vibe mm-hmm. <laughs> and of I course the little... they have to solve a, mur- a murder <laughs> <laughs> the little dragons I've just got a visual of that now <laughs> Yeah. I better peek in my coffee cup sitting here before I take this. <laughs> and what's funny is they find, I think by the end of the book, five different dragons living in their coffee shop. There's Oolong, which looks like one of those long Chinese dragons. Um, Java. Uh, let's see. Oolong, Java, Rose. Uh, I can't remember the fourth one. Oh, and Chai. Chai is one of them. I forget the fourth one. It's just like right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember it. <laughs> well, by the time you get done writing the series, it'll be etched in your mind. So. <laughs> yeah. And for Nano, I started one that's kind of a steampunk Christmas mystery called Merry Mystery and that one's kind of a fun one too. <laughs> so those will be series then too though? Um or single. Right now they're singles, but I do plan on stretching at least the the uh coffee shop with the dragon one into a series. Yeah, sounds great. Good luck. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, back to you. <laughs> I feel like I've been taking over the show. Oh, no, it's, it's fun to hear what other authors are <laughs> dreaming up and thinking of. It makes the world seem a little smaller. <laughs> yeah. How can my snoops and sleuths follow you? I think you mentioned that already, but just for the record. <laughs> I, uh, of course, the you know, the social media sites and the Author Central on Amazon is always a good place to keep up with things. But uh, my website is, you can enter it either by my name and it's spelled my first name, Brenda and Felber, F-E-L-B-E-R, or under my pen name, SuzanneBolden.com, both of them are, they'll ta- that'll take you to the website and uh, then you can choose whether you want to go into the children's series or the adult series from that point and all the links and such are there um so that would be the in my i have my email address on there if anybody wants to write i do have a, a newsletter for the adult series that comes out once a month and uh and for the children's or the middle grade series a newsletter that's just on an as-needed basis the readers outgrow my <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sending these newsletters to you know teenagers at this point now, but uh, that's where the readers, your audience, can reach me. And I'll be sure to put the link to the website in the show's notes. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for like I said, all that you do to support the uh, cozy mystery community. And I wish you much luck with your own writing too, wherever you can find the time to get it in, Leanna. <laughs> oh. Thank you. You know, I love doing this podcast and 
I love doing the writing. So it's, it's not a lot of hard work, but it's great to, it's great to do. And I love reaching out to my fellow cozy authors. It is, and it is, I know it's not each one, but it's, we appreciate it. And it is, it is work, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, maybe you love it too, but we sure appreciate that, uh, that you're out there doing it. So thank you for having me. I'd loved chatting with you and I have, we have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If this podcast comes out before Thanksgiving, I'm wishing all the listeners a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, we have one more question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, oh, is that the, which one, the, uh, um, about the character, which character? Uh, what is one what complaint we... your characters would have about you as an yeah. author? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I, this, the, uh, what would they have in a coffee shop one? I thought maybe, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't get them all in every time. Let's see. I, I think it relates back to, um, what I said about the characters that I love the most, probably they, more of them wish they let me cut loose a little more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> let, them, let them say more, let them maybe be a little sassier or something. But I think that might be their complaint. Sometimes I, I um, tighten, tighten them down, keep their uh, dialogue pretty, pretty straightforward. So <laughs> I'm working on that though, but I think that would be, particularly my main protagonist, that might be her main complaint. Oh, that's, that's a new one. Usually I hear that the complaint is that they never leave them alone. Oh, <laughs> or it's like, why do you always have me finding dead bodies or ah, <laughs> things ah. like that? But wanting to be let loose a little bit more, that's a good one. That is definitely a good complaint because with me, it's like, I'm usually like, will you slow down so I can catch up and write this? <laughs> oh, see, maybe I, yeah, maybe I have to use a little reverse psychology on myself and just let, uh, uh, edit, edit things out rather than, uh, <laughs> just let it all pour out and then, uh, edit, take it away. Maybe that's, yeah, I'll have to think about it that way. <laughs> Oh, whatever works. Well, I've had so much fun chatting with you, Brenda. <laughs> Same here, Leanna. Thank you. And again, I'm sorry. I almost forgot about the interview. <laughs> That's what I mean. I, I, I can't believe how you guys, there's there, the people that do these things. Like I said, that's scheduling. And I'm, since being retired, I'm not a big scheduler. So I'm here <laughs> waiting for, you know, like thinking, oh, okay, to talk to her and have it in my calendar. Your calendar is probably full <laughs> every day of the week. So <laughs> I wish you good luck with the, with the podcast oh, and the work you do. Thank you. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on the Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons, Regina, Cozy Cub, Dower Bear, and Patty Paul for their contributions in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. If you'd like to be like my patrons and have your name mentioned on the air, join me at my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecozysleuth. Or you can become a member of my coffee clutch at coffee.com slash thecozysleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash thecozysleuth. Also, if you want to hear some 
great cozy mysteries read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze wherever you find your local podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.